Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Finding Your Joy. Paula Vale here. I am so excited today to share with you a gentleman who I previously have interviewed, and I just love his inspiration and his knowledge and information. I think you're just absolutely going to love this show. And we are actually doing two episodes. We are going to do part one and part two for you because Rob has so much to share. Well, my guest today is Rob Leonetti. He is a transformational speaker, author, and entrepreneur. His mission is to help others discover the keys to lasting positive change that enables them to make empowering choices. Yes, that align with their authentic selves and live their most joyful, healthy, and fulfilling lives. Thank you. First off, welcome. Welcome, Rob. Thank you, Paula. It's so great to be here again. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day for talking to me twice. Oh, my goodness. Thank God you're sitting down because this could be traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to have some fun. We are. And, and Rob, you've been a guest on my show previously. Yeah. But for those who aren't familiar with you, uh, and your background, can you share your approach to self-empowerment and what prompted you to become interested in helping others with their awareness and their positive changes to be made? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Um, yeah, yeah, it's amazing how we all kind of find our own path during life. And I mean, I try to help build those meaningful self-awareness conditions that enable folks to make those choices. And again, boy, talk about a, a perfect, uh, uh, perfect title to a show to be speaking about choices, right? Um, I mean, my, my passion really, Paula, uh, started from, from pretty poignant lessons that I, I learned um, through really a lifetime of self-discovery and the pursuit of what I like to think of as pretty deep knowledge in the fields of like human behavior, motivation, performance. And my goal has always been to deliver something actionable for people to reconnect with their, their own truth and own their destiny. And we'll see as we discuss uh, today that um, a lot of people's angst and anxiety and kind of going around like a cork on a, on a river and not their own path has a lot to do with losing their authentic selves through life. And it's extremely common. It's happened to me. It happens to lots, but, you know, hopefully we can give some, some constructive um, awareness techniques and at least advice. I mean, that's where I think, um, that's where I think the power in just a sentence, a bullet item of, uh, a phrase. You never know where good advice will come from. And certainly there's sources from everywhere, but you don't relate to everything. How could you? There's seven, to, 7 billion people on the planet. There's a finite number of folks like myself and yourself who have great advice. And, you know, we hope we reach people. Um, my goal is to reach one and that would be great. But you know, some of these lessons that I learned 
are really rooted in my own childhood trauma where so much begins. You know, I pertaining to mental and physical hardships personally, which led to a long battle with anxiety and depression. It went unrecognized and untreated for years and subsequently manifested into some pretty bad health problems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the mind and the body are so connected and chronic stress is just the world's worst debilitating condition. I mean, um, I'm part of the community that believes chronic stress is at the root of most illness and disease. You know, when you disrupt your homeostasis, the, the, the state of your body to, to optimally um, function. I mean, that's why our temperature is 98.6. It goes to below or above and your body is fighting an infection. It's, it's a very delicate balance. And when it goes out, it's something called allostatic load, which means your body is fighting stress. And this is cumulative over, over years. And you don't want to be in that, in that position. And I found myself uh, there. And I'll talk about that and, and how, I, how I got past it. But being a health practitioner, you know, yourself and into healing methodologies and techniques, what do you think of that, um, that perspective that chronic stress is really one of the core roots of, of all illness? Oh, I, I really believe that, Rob. I think stress affects us emotionally it affects us physically i you know it affects the energy what level we reside in energetically and i believe that Mm -hmm. our energy really tells our dna what to do i mean it is powerful yeah i mean we, we couldn't be more on the same page it's amazing it's all about energy and frequency and just living in an optimal state and you know, your, your techniques and your reiki are, are just amazing to help people get back on that path to, uh, to evenness, to that homeostasis. I mean, there's so many different ways you could phrase things. That's a, a medical or scientific term, just being even, being mindful. It all means the same. And really, that's what I'm saying, that people's delivery and different people, the way they, 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 um, they approach uh, discussions like this, you relate to a certain uh, number of folks and you hope you just reach as many as possible. Um, but thank you for, for sharing that. Um, and, you know, just to, to round out about why, why me, why, why am I have this little bit of a calling in my life, which I found extremely meaningful because when I look back, even a long time ago, um, going through the personal fire that I existed you know, I, even as a kid, I prayed that no one else was struggling. No one else was enduring hardships like I was. And, uh, but, you know, you're worldly even young. You know that it's a big world and there must be other people out there having uh, the, the unfortunate circumstance of being victims of abuse. And that, you know what, that really infuriated me as a kid. And it broke my heart at the same time, um, even though I was knee deep in things. So I made a conscious decision right then and there to own the pain. I knew I'd get through it somehow. That's where faith comes in and use whatever lessons would come of it 
as a gift for something bigger than myself. I just didn't know how. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, very young going through this, but I'll, I'll let you know how that manifested. Um, because like yourself, in my personal and professional life, you know, we've, we've both been blessed to meet so many kind, amazing people. And, you know, some of the people that I met actually helped to save my life and get past these years of trauma, which you never really lose completely. And that's what people need to understand. It's always a work in progress. It's, you're always healing. Um, but aware, awareness and treatment is really key. So the more people that came into my life, And the deeper my friendships, the more I notice similarities in the narrative of their journeys. You know, everybody's life, you hit crossroads, you need to make decisions that are life-affirming or life-changing. You know, the good fortune that's come, the triumph and the tragedy and, you know, all of this um, and relating it back to myself, uh, I had distilled this common theme which is really how we make our decisions, choices, um, is the primary factor governing our happiness. And this sounds really, really simple and blatantly like stupid obvious, but it's far from it. And it was during this realization period in my life that I experienced the moment of clarity that led me here. What if I could constructively impart really what was decades of experiential wisdom, which is basically my experience, you know, firsthand instead of theoretical out of a book. Um, And then my subsequent study of human behavior, uh, I became very excited about the potential and kind of kickstarted my mission. So really my goal has always been very subtle. It's to help nudge perception from kind of the autotomic, knee-jerk, old pattern way of thinking uh, to more of a conscious observational, like you pause and you consider all the sources of your motivation before you decide on things that are very impactful to your life um, and maybe somewhat not impactful, but they add up cumulatively. So doing that, even in a nanosecond, and we'll talk about that in a moment, uh, gives back a sense of control and empowerment and the realization that you really are the creators of your destiny, not other people. That's, that's such a fallacy. And it's so easy to say and so hard to do. Yes. So, you know, don't, let's, let's help people dump the victim mentality and make better and more authentic choices based on them, based on their truth, not what the world tells them they should be, not what their parents insisted or their friends raise an eye and say, how could you think of doing that? You know, live authentically. It's, it's the route to happiness. And I can't think of a more profound way to give back or express the blessings in my life than to share that kind of knowledge. Um, yes. And that's, that's kind of like how I got here. Um, Rob, I would love to ask you, you, you mentioned our authentic self. Tell us yeah. about 
more about that and, and what that means if we do disconnect from our authentic self. What, what are signs of that and, and what do we do for that? Yeah, so I've studied, I've studied that and there are, I've seen two different components of really losing one's self along the journey. Your, your authentic, disconnecting with your authentic self which and and the need for connectedness these are two biological evolutionary fundamental human needs let me put it this way if you wake up one day and you say wow how did i get here what happened to my life um this wasn't the way it was supposed to be i didn't sign up for this you know almost a midlife crisis epiphany, um, which doesn't need to happen in midlife, but that is a sign of the disconnection of where you feel lost and you've, if you just almost are living someone else's life. Um, and I think, I think all the choices you make leading up to that kind of bad day, um, have everything to do with losing your, your path and giving others the power to um, to make the choices for you, and sometimes that's really easy. But again, that's a kind of, that's kind of a victim mentality, which is really easy to slip into almost without knowing. And we want to try to raise the awareness to kind of shake off and put some cold water in your face once you're feeling that disconnection and uh, get back on the path. and And there are ways to there are ways to do that. Um, you know, people think about change and getting back to where they started from and getting brought back to authenticity. But when they think of change, I mean, nobody likes, nobody likes work. Nobody likes to put in the work. They sometimes be more apt to be sedentary and changing, uh, being disconnected, being inauthentic, being unhappy, being depressed. You know, you, you have to make a conscious decision from your awareness to change and then change will happen. But you think, oh, my God, it's going to take years, decades. How, how could I possibly change? I don't know where to start. Uh, what does this path look like? The path, the thing about it is you have to think that it starts in a single moment, the moment where choice lives. It's. The moment, the moment where choice lives is, is everything. It is finite. It is minuscule. And it is everything. It is you. It is your worldview. It is your history. It is your past. From stimuli and response, that gap that your choice is made has everything to do with change. And choices are infinite. And they add up one after another after another. And if you keep on going down a path that's not yours, you can get very, very far away from who you are and then wake up and, you know, question your very existence. Now, listen, this is very interesting uh, statistic. The average person, you'd be very interested in this, the average person makes up to 35 thousand conscious decisions slash choices a day a day that, that astounded me even from a 
food research paper that I came across said we make over 200 decisions a day just based on food. <laughs> not anything, you know, you could say not anything of meaning, but just on food. Um, so regardless if you make 200 or 35,000, the potential of going off track, not making your best choices is staggering. Uh, but not all choices are equal, of course. Uh, most are minor. Uh, when do I need to get up and grab a snack? Some are pretty substantial. How do I pay for college? When do I call the lab for those blood test results? Um, some are straightforward and some have lots of gray area. And, that, and, that's, the, uh, and that's the thing. See, but the problem is each decision we make expends mental energy. And the more we, I mean, you're talking about 200 to 35,000, our brains need to process and evaluate before decisions can be made. That's that point of, of singularity. That's that point of decision. That means everything. So no matter how small, they add up. And this means, geez, most of the time, you can't guarantee you're making optimal choices. You just can't. I mean, if you're too drained <clears throat> at the time to even recognize when a certain decision is important or not, uh, you could be, you know, you could be really in for a calamity. And I like to call that uh, decision fatigue. Uh, and I think it's a major hidden factor that influences everyone's experience. So, you know, since we speak about fatigue, um, which is vis-a-vis -vis the mind and the brain function and all this glorious biology and chemistry. And, you know, I'm, I'm a really open-minded person. Uh, I'm very spiritual, but yet I'm a natural skeptic that needs proof about everything. Uh, so those two don't coexist sometimes, lots of times. But I like to be really evidence-based, um, and that has to do with medicine and science and biology and not to get deep, but it really makes a difference because your decisions uh, are made in your mind, which is housed in your brain. So things like that uh, are make all the difference between our ears where our reality lies. So if we are the most high-functioning animal on the planet uh, and evolution has brought us to this place where we're not out in the woods and we're wearing sports jackets and beautiful blouses, um, you know, why do we have so many issues? Do we overthink everything? Is it analysis through paralysis? I mean, uh our emotions, our feelings, our behavior, our sense of self always has to do with how we think. I mean, it's, it's as obvious as the nose on my face. Uh, I think, therefore, I am, the French philosopher René Degas said, very famous. Consider the obvious fact of your biology and your mind. It's you. You, you are present in your mind. You think your thoughts. Um, when I talk with people, I consider the subject all the time. Um, and 
I feel that you have to have an open mind and that's why spiritual and maybe science, uh, there's this phrase called Einstunel and it's a German phrase, it's a concept which refers to becoming so attached to an idea that you won't even consider another one. You know how people get stubborn and you try to say, hey, if you look at it this way um, and it just won't work. They're just not that kind of open-minded person. Uh, well, of course, they have a word for that. But I found that keeping your mind open is really a path to, uh, to achievement. Yes. So have you, found, have you found that in your practice that maybe some people aren't as open to healing, but then all of a sudden when they open up, there's this, it affects them and the energy flows if they're not closed off. Have you experienced that in your life? And I, I've had, you know, people, you know, drag, you know, spouses or, or friends and loved ones in for Reiki. And they're like, and then they're like, oh, wow, this is really great. And they open up. You, you know what you have me thinking, Rob, with this is really, isn't the choice we're making in this moment our most important choice? We can get so caught up in okay, what's my choice tomorrow going to be? Or what am I going to do next week? But really, isn't the choices we make at the moment the most important? That's what I'm thinking. I think you're spot on. I think you're absolutely a thousand percent spot on because ultimately, it's all we have. I mean, yeah. you never, you know, the, the fact of the matter is life begins and life ends. You just don't know. Uh, the, you know, live every day like it's your last and run out like Rocky and feel great. It may be a little over the top, but not that much because you don't want to be, God forbid, on your deathbed and say, boy, did I do things wrong? Why did I worry about the last thing you want to think of when you're about to pass on is, oh, man, I worried too much. <laughs> you know, you don't want those regrets. You just you just don't. Um, so to live in that place where uh, choices or to live in the day where your choices affect the part of the here and now is arguably the, the best place. Um, let, me, let me talk a little bit about where these choices stem from. Get back to a little bit of science and let me relate it to myself. So how the choices are made in our biology um, is really driven by nature and nurture, which really means, I'll try to sum it as quickly as possible, <laughs> it's tough. Uh, the nature part basically is fundamental. We all have our biology, we all have our bodies and our brains. Um, if you're free from genetic or abnormalities or disease, then we're all on a even playing field. We're human beings and we're built. Um, nurture is a different story. And this is where sometimes the wheels fall off and it did for me. Um, that correlates to individuals' mental health development during early stages of life. So what could affect, what could possibly affect that? Well, if your environment is stressful or loving, were you encouraged? Were you meant, were you, were you uh, left to feel alone and unsupported? Um, 
was it secondhand stress? Mm -hmm. And I like to use that term because just like secondhand smoke, if a, if a baby was indirectly affected by stress, their parents always argued in the next room and they got, you know, very anxious and cried. Well, they will develop coping mechanisms to help soothe themselves. And those coping, coping mechanisms are a result of the trauma they experienced. Thus, they're going to keep them. And though that trauma, it served its purpose when they were babies, but as they grow, those coping mechanisms usually do not go away. And that is the source of, of trauma and dysfunction and addiction. So being addicted to anything, just being overly addicted to, to anything, you name it, you could be addicted to anything. And that is really the end result of coping mechanisms at that nurture level. So now you're kind of disproportionately making decisions that have, you know, many, many unhealthy places. Now, it's difficult. It's difficult. That's why the early days are so important. And now I was affected that way as well. I mean, I was hardwired to be so sensitive to stimuli because of chronic stress yes. that it, it manifested in physical ways. This, this one will floor you. There was, a point in my, there was a point in my life during extreme stress that my body actually perceived normal functioning like eating and drinking as if I was having a heart attack. Oh, my gosh. My nerves were so hypersensitive. The nerves that particularly ran, there's, there's a nerve called the vagus nerve. It runs from your head, and it wraps around your inner organs all of them and it controls a lot a lot um so when my esophagus functioned and my stomach functioned this nerve snapped and made me feel like i was having a heart attack i would sweat i would have panic attacks jaw tightness extreme pain in my chest that took two years to diagnose and i was the one who diagnosed it <laughs> I baffled over 17 different types of doctors and eventually brought my hypothesis yeah. yes. to a doctor who gave me low dose of antidepressants to calm the nerve and, and it worked. <sighs> so this is how important stress is to avoid and to nurture young people um, and really raise them right because it's, it has everything to do. Now, I don't want to scare anyone. Uh, this is all about educating and understanding the creative design of your own biology. Now, there's a, Something to there's a mismatch. Think. There's, there's just a mismatch between our evolution development. You know, we, we took millions of years to get to a place, and then all of a sudden, we got really smart, invented fire in the wheel, and all kinds of tools, and all of a sudden, we start thinking very high level, but yet our, our brains are reacting through fight or flight, like there's, there's a saber-toothed tiger coming after us, and it's just a bill in the mail. So yeah. our, our brain is, is actually, you know, our friend, but we could really be its, its, its victim. It's pretty funny to think that we could be the victim of ourselves, 
grateful. Love, hugs, and blessings to everyone out there. So grateful to have you with me every week. And I'm so grateful to have had you on today.